What is a cowboy? It's not about hats and horses. Cowboy is about courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. And when you put those things together, it spells Christ. And that's what being a true cowboy is all about, riding for the Lord. My name's Kevin Weatherby, and I want to be the first to welcome you to Save the Cowboy. You just sit back, grab you a cup of coffee, and get ready to learn how to ride with the Lord. There is a few that I know in here. I think that this is the most unique group of people that we have here. I am pretty sure that maybe Amy and maybe Shane and maybe Sue and maybe Dave and, and uh, a few others that have probably helped over the years. The most unique group of cowboys and cowgirls that I have ever been around are in here, and I'm proud to be included in that. Because not too long ago, I was helping uh, Charlie Carnahan, and I was riding with Chris, and there is lions and tigers and bears out by my house. You think I'm joking? I'm not. They are in these big cages. I think they used to let people go out there until somebody stuck their hand in one of the tiger cages and got their hand eaten, eaten, oft, oft completely off or something like that. So you can't go out there. But you can drive down County Road 150 and you can see them off to the side. So uh, uh, Charlie and Chris, they were like, hey man, can you come help us gather? Like, yeah, we can help you gather. So we got out there and everything. And anyway, we're unloading those horses. And I mean, they're literally African lions right there. And so we go back there and we go way back off in here and we gather all these cattle and we start pushing and it's just me and Chris. And so we're going along, and being the great cowboys we were, we wasn't having no problems, even though there was quite a few. And we're going along until we reach this pond. And it's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe half, three-quarters of a mile from the pens that we're going to. And some other guys' cattle were over there. And no matter how hard we tried, we tried to keep ours going this way, but they could see these cattle. So they were trying to go over there, and those were trying to come over here. And finally, we were just like, just let them mix, and we'll separate them in the pen what we wouldn't have given to have like one more person over there. So anyway, we get up there and there, and we get right up to the pins. We can't get them in there. I mean, me and Chris rode those poor horses nearly to death. No matter, I mean, we just needed one more person because, you know, I was holding them because they would try to spill out over here and then Chris would try to push them that way. But whenever he would push, it was like trying to push water uphill. Just no matter what you did, they just spilled around. And we just kept doing it, kept doing it. And for the life of me, I had forgot that there was lions and tigers and bears. And I was like, what's the matter with y'all? And then I thought, yeah. I mean, you try to push a herbivore right to an African lion. So anyway, we tried this. I guarantee you we were out there within probably 100, 200 yards of the pen for one hour trying to get these cattle to go in that pen. And finally, Charlie got there. And Charlie, not even being on a horse or anything like that, he had, was it, Kizzy? Kinsey, whatever his little dog is. I love that dog. Anyway, he just walked out there, and that's all we needed was somebody to fill that gap. Because as soon as Charlie went out there and he just stood there with his dog, then me and Chris were able to use the horses, and we were able to push those cattle right up in those pens, right where they needed to go. It takes mighty good cowboys on some pretty good horses to push cattle into lions and tigers and bears pens. But I'm telling you that today we're going to start a three-part series about filling the gap. 
Because if you've ever worked cattle, you'll know how important it is. There's only so much that a certain amount of group of people can do, and then it gets to be too much, and everything starts spilling out. Do you feel like you get going along good, and then everything blows up, and you have to start all over? How many times have y'all been pushing cattle to a pens? I remember one time on the Rocker B Ranch, we were going along there to Highland Pens, and I don't know, it was like... Uh, you know, if you put like a bunch of rocks and dirt and everything in a jar, eventually the little stuff will go to the bottom. Well, working cattle that day was kind of like that too because we were pushing all these pears up there and suddenly all the mamas was in the back and all the babies was in the front and the babies wanted to go a lot faster than the mamas did and we got spread out and we ended up losing everything. Is that how your life feels like sometimes? You get going along real good and you get right up to where you think you need to be and then everything just kind of, you don't have enough of something to hold it all in. Are you missing out about half of what God said you're supposed to have? Think about that. You read the promises of God and you're like, well, wait a minute. God, you promised this and you promised this and you promised this. How come I'm not experiencing those things that I hear everybody else talking about? Why? Do you feel like you're running around all the time and you get absolutely nothing accomplished? Today, we are going to talk about gaps in our faith that leave us feeling like this. There are no substitutes for things like love God, love Jesus, love your neighbor, read the Bible, pray. There are no substitutes for those things. You need to do them. Not because like God wants you like, okay, you need to read your Bible so you can check that off your list. It's not that. It's good for you. He wants to have a relationship with you. But there's three things that I have not talked about yet. About filling the gap. Because in, in talking to people and pastoring for years and years, I hear people usually three things. And I'm not going to tell you the other two. You'll have to get to those. You'll have to come back next week for the second and the third one. But there's things that I guarantee you nobody very seldom, probably a tenth of a percent, maybe a hundredth of a percent of the Christians out there, do they bow their head and ask for the three things that we're going to talk about. Whenever I live down on my ranch, the Kynosa Creek Ranch, if y'all ever work cattle with me or see me horseback, everybody always sees my breast collar and it says CCR on it. Now, I love cross-Canadian ragweed. Does anybody in here even know who cross-Canadian ragweed is? That's my Texas country people right there. Or Creedence Clearwater Revival. Now everybody's like, everybody's showing their age. Hey, it's me! But actually, my CCR stood for Kynosa Creek Ranch. When I was down there, a buddy of mine, Lee, wanted, he had this horse named Henri. Do I need to say anything else? I loved this horse. He was as Henri as any horse ever was, but he was also one of the most athletic horses. And I tried to get Lee to sell me that horse. He just, I was like, I gotta have him, I gotta have him. And so finally one day Lee told me, he's like, I I'm not gonna sell you the horse. He said, but I'll make a deal with you. I said, okay. He said, you can keep the horse at your house. You can treat him like he's your very own. And all I ask is that when I need help, that involves a horse, and sometimes even times that I need help that won't involve a horse, will you just come help me? I was like, okay, so the horse is worth probably about five or six thousand dollars. 
and you won't let me pay you for him so I can keep him at my house, but you're saying that I can keep him at my house for free, and all I have to do is give a little back whenever you need help. And he's like, exactly right. I'm like, done! Done! Who? I mean, is there anybody in here that... And, and I told him, I said, now listen, if something happens to your horse, if he gets struck by lightning or something, am I going to have to pay you $5,000? He said, no. He said, acts of nature and stuff like that, you know. No big deal. I said, okay. So that was a sweet deal. He was willing to give me something, and all I had to do was just return a little bit back of it, and I got the sweet end of the deal. They're the first gap in our faith that I'm sure very few of us, and I'm, you notice I didn't say you, very few of us, when is the last time you dropped to your knees and said, Dear Heavenly Father, if nothing else in the world you allow me to have, make me, help me, grow me into being a generous giver. I doubt it. I doubt it very seriously. But the Bible talks about giving in, from the Old Testament, starting with Cain and Abel. It starts talking about giving all the way through. But yet, it's one of those things that we tiptoe around. I can guarantee you that in five years of preaching, this is my very first sermon on giving. And let me preface it with saying this. If you think that I'm preaching about giving so that you will donate something to save the cowboy, you better wrap your head around it the other way because I ain't... If God wants Save the Cowboy to have money, He will use you. He will use other means. My, we can go catch catfish and get a gold coin out of its mouth. This is not about somebody getting money. This is growing you because God promised some things that deal directly with giving. And I am tired of seeing a bunch of us struggle because we're unwilling to do what God had promised. What am I talking about with the promise? In Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, God says, Bring the entire tenth to the storerooms in my temple. Then there will be plenty of food. Put me to the test. Did you know that that is one of the few times in the Bible that God says, Test me and see if I'm lying. Now, does God lie? Absolutely not. But this is one of the few times that God says, Test me in this. Put me to the test, says the Lord. Then you will see that I will throw open the windows of heavens. I will pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room for them. Let me ask you a question. How many of y'all are really sitting there going, you know that whole uh, part about uh, God pouring out so many blessings that I will not have enough room for them? I don't want any part of that. You're dumb. Okay, I want, I want to be blessed by God. Mainly so that God will work through me so that I can reach people. I give Him the glory. But hey, I ain't going to lie. If God wants to bless me, God please. I, I'm all for it. I'm tired of this Christianity that thinks that you just got to go around and be all sad and poor and you can't laugh and you can't have fun. Not me, man. I want to have at it. When I get to heaven, I want to be whooping and spurring, not... <laughs> bless me, God. <laughs> If this is your first time at Save the Cowboy, <laughs> boy, you picked a good day. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the promise. 
God says, but you know what? A lot of people, the, the, the G word, giving. But you know what? I'm here to tell you that there is no such thing as giving. There's only returning. Because I guarantee you, if I walked up to Jason and I said, Jason, here's $10,000 and I'll continue to give you $10,000 as long as you give me $1,000 back every time. I guarantee you, Jason's like, done. <laughs> done. I'll, I'll take half of that. Give me $5,000, i will give you $500 back. Whatever. Give me $5,000, i will give you the $1,000 still. I don't care. But we have to understand that we don't have anything. Everything that we have comes from God anyway. Why are we so reluctant to give back a little bit of what God has already blessed us with? I will pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room for them. That's the promise. The application. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul talks about the Macedonian church. And I think it's awesome, and it's a great way when people say, well, I'm not sure how to give. Do we have to give a tenth? Do we? No, give what God tells you to. Give out of your abundance. Let's see what the Bible says about giving. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1-9, through 9, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the churches in Macedonia. He's saying, God is blessing the churches in Macedonia. They have suffered a great deal. But their joy was more than full. Even though they were very poor, they gave very freely. I give witness that they gave as much as they could. In fact, they gave even more than they could, completely on their own. They begged us for the chance to share in serving God's people in that way. They did more than we expected. First, they gave themselves to God. You want to talk about an application? There's your first thing. First, they gave themselves to God. Then, they gave themselves to us in keeping with what God wanted. Titus had already started collecting money from you, so we asked him to get you to finish making your kind gift. You will do well in everything else. You do, I'm sorry, you do well in everything else. You do well in faith and in speaking. You do well in knowledge and commitment. And you do well in your love for us. So make sure that you also do well in the grace of giving to others. I am not commanding you to do it. Did you hear that? Even the Apostle Paul said, I am not commanding you to do it. But I want to put you to the test. I want to find out if you really love God. I want to compare your love with that of others. You know that the grace shown by our Lord Jesus Christ, even though He was rich, he became poor to help you. Because he became poor, you can become rich. Now that rich that the Apostle Paul is talking about is not just in your bank account. Okay, Some of the most wealthy people I know are some of the saddest, most depressed people on the face of this earth. And I know some, especially a guy named Antonio Gallegos, Tomas and Zeferino down on the San Pedro Ranch. They barely had enough money to buy flour to make homemade tortillas, and they were some of the happiest people in the world. You give me happiness over money anytime. That's rich to me. But see, the gap that I was talking about, about filling that gap, is found in verse 7. Did you hear it? You do well in everything else. You do well in faith and in talking. You do well in knowledge, and you do well in your commitment. You do well in your love. So make sure that you also do well in giving. It's tough, folks. Did you know that it was only about, uh, I'd say about nine years ago that I wrote my first tithe check? 
And I am not ashamed to say that in the Fellowship Hall of the uh, West Park Baptist Church in Pecos, Texas, I wrote my very first tithe check. And there was not enough money in my account to cover it. And I walked up to Ray Carrion, and I handed it to him. And I said, I'm not going to put this in the offering plate. I'm going to hand it to you. And he said, what is it? And I said, it's my first tithe check. And a tear rolled down my face because it meant that much to me that I was finally willing to jump over that and do what God had commanded me to do. Do you know that check cleared? It shouldn't have, but it did. The lady that took care of our finances for the Pecos County Cowboy Church, we were talking about it one day, and she said, I have a degree in accounting. And when me and my husband decided to start giving to the church what God said, she goes, it came out red. It didn't work. I, we did not make enough money to give God 10% and to still pay our bills and still be able to live. But we wrote that check first and we had more at the end of the month than we should have. How it happened, I have no idea. That's what he's talking about. Put me to the test. See if it doesn't happen. The gap is in verse 7. You do well in everything else, do good in this also. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to be overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. How do we give? We give first. That's what the Bible says. There's another promise right there, not even in Malachi. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Give to God first. Give generously. In verse 3, that's what uh, Paul says about the Macedonians. I gave witness that they gave as much as they could. In fact, they gave even more than they could. Give generously. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, Here is something else to remember. The one who plants only a little bit gathers only a little. And the one who plants a lot sows a lot. But how many of us do that? We go out there and we plant three seeds and then expect to need to buy a combine for the harvest. I'm in faith. Uh, you know, sow a little, reap a little. Sow a lot, reap a lot. Give generously. Sacrificially, in verse 2, uh, they have suffered a great deal. Think about that. They have suffered a great deal. And in Luke chapter 21, 1, 1 through 4, it says, And Jesus looked up and he saw rich people putting their gifts into the temple offering, and he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. What I'm about to tell you is true, Jesus said. That poor widow has put in more than all of the others. All of the other people gave a lot because they are rich. But even though she is poor, she put in everything. And she had nothing to live on. Give sacrificially. Give cheerfully. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give. Think about that. Do you think that I'm asking you for something? It says it right there. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. How are we supposed to give? We're supposed to give first. We're supposed to give generously. We're, we're supposed to live sacrificially, give sacrificially, and we're supposed to give cheerfully. We talked about a promise in Malachi 3.10. Bring the entire tenth into the storeroom in my temple, then there will be plenty of food. Put me to the test, says the Lord, then you will see what I, that I will throw open the windows of heaven. I will pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room for me. Put me to the test, says the Lord. There's your promise. Your application, first, give generously, give sacrificially, 
Give cheerfully. Now, I study the Bible whenever I look at anything. I look at three things. I look at for a promise of God, an application of how to apply it to my life, but I also look for warnings. And I guarantee you, if you read your Bible with those three things in mind, looking for a promise and an application and a warning, you'll get a lot out of it. Here's the warning in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. A man named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, sold some land. Ananias kept part of the money for himself, and Sapphira knew he had kept it, and he brought the rest of it to put it down at the apostles' feet. Now, to give you a little background on this, they had gone up to Peter and all the other apostles and said, we have this piece of land over here. We want to give it to the church. We're going to sell it and we're going to give all the money to the church. Keep that in mind. That's what they said that they were, that's what they said they were going to do. He kept part of the money for himself. Sapphira knew he had kept it. He brought the rest of it and put it down at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, why do you let Satan fill your heart? He made you lie to the Holy Spirit. You have kept some of the money you received for the land. Didn't the land belong to you before it was sold? After it was sold, you could have used the money as you wished. So what made you think of doing this? You haven't lied to anyone. You've lied to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. Crap. (laughs) Think about that. That's tough. Sorry about that. But I mean, seriously, man, that's, that's some tough stuff right there. <laughs> what would you have said if you'd have been sitting there? Woo! Uh-uh-uh. Probably something else. <laughs> when Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. And all who heard what happened to him, they didn't say crap. They were filled with fear. And I would have been too. Some young men came and wrapped up his body. They carried him out and buried him. About three hours later... His wife came in, and she didn't know what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias sold the land for? Yes, that's the price. Peter asked her, how could you agree to test the Spirit of the Lord? Listen here, the steps of the men who buried your husband, they are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that very moment, she fell down to, at his feet and died. Then the young men came in. They saw Sapphira was dead, so they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. The whole church and all who had heard about these things were filled with fear. You want to talk about a warning in the Bible? There you go. If you want to have the pants scared off of you, there you go. Now, think about this. Did did they die because they didn't give to the church? No. They died because they were greedy and they said they were going to do something. Well, they stood up in front of the whole church. I'm going to do this. Look at me. I'm going to do this. And then they put a little bit back. That's, what, that's why they died. Not because of the amount or anything like that. Liars, greedy people, and lusting after money. That's the problem. God hates that. Let it be a warning to you. I don't think that I have to really explain that whole topic right there. Be careful. If God tells you to do something and you say you're going to do it, be sure and do it, okay? Follow through with that. Fill the gap in your faith today. I know that this has been tough, guys. It's tough preaching. But I'm not asking you all to do anything that I don't do myself. I'm a pastor with a a full-time wife. Actually, she's two full-times. Being a wife to me and a mom to Riley and Griffin. But I've got a wife and two kids, and we tithe. As a matter of fact, we started this church with our tithe money. 
I'm not asking you all to do anything else that I'm not willing to do. And you don't even have to do anything to save the cowboy. As a matter of fact, there's two people, Vonda and George Cisneros down in Guatemala. Give your money to them. I don't care. Give. Make a decision today. Fill in that gap in your faith and call on the promises of God. Let the Lord open up the blessings. Listen to God and put your faith in Him, not in your money. I guarantee that lady that dropped the two copper coins in there, she was depending a whole lot on God, not on them two copper coins. And if you want to reap a harvest, if you want to reap a bumper crop, you've got to sow a bumper crop. Glad you took a ride with us today. If you liked today's service and heard God speaking to you, I'd like for you to go to our website and check out the new book, Simplified Cowboy Version Gospel of Matthew. If you've ever wanted to read your Bible but found it difficult to understand, then this book is for you. Just go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on General Store. You'll find tons of stuff there to help you in your ride with Christ. You can also partner up with us by following the online giving link. All our monthly supporters get an audio CD or DVD every month in the mail as our way of saying thank you. We don't care about the amount. Look at what Jesus did with a couple of biscuits and some fish. He can do the same with your helping hand. I know you couldn't help but notice all the great music playing in the background. You need to stop what you're doing right now and go by BarryWardMusic.com and check out his new album, West of Dodge. This program wouldn't have been possible without these fine folks. Tumbleweed Hay and Hauling, 303-324-8217. WesternLLC.net. Look East Realty, 303-644-4444. Double H Heating and Air, 303-669-8911. Integrity Auto Repair, 303-621-2845. And Comanche Creek Enterprises, 303-619-7030. Please support businesses that aren't afraid to show their faith. Call them today or go by SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Sponsors for more information.